boys and girls, all franchise. Welcome to Franchise Buys Games. This is uh, your weekly game news little podcast full of snippets, tasty bits, nuggets, if you will, of game news from the previous week. Uh, I am titular protagonist, old franchise. That there is producer of the show. Nice guy, Johnny. Good evening. And now a little about this podcast, let me add. <laughs> that's that's exactly you know what it is literally before we press record on this podcast i berated that man i berated <laughs> him yeah i said i had to stop the recording started all over again i said you know what it is that's your fault for bringing structure to me life i thrive in the chaos i exist in the darkness order i need order <laughs> you are the balance you are the yin to my yang however when you do bring structure uh just expect expect every now and again i'll have just brain farts just I'll just out of pure, pure rebellion to structure. Your brain just sparks. <laughs> Should we talk about this? No, I don't. <laughs> I do, but not right now. Johnny, it's been a, it's been a slow week for news. We've got a couple of bangers, but obviously, I think, I think the one thing that demands the attention, the one thing that demands the airtime, is going to sit probably for the front half. Or back off. It's entirely up to you over this podcast. And that would fall under the what you're playing category. A hashtag, I know what you've been playing. <laughs> I think that's what that's what this, this week's it, phrase is. Everything, everything points towards Midgar. That's all. And if <laughs> all, you haven't, you haven't all been playing it. All lead to Midgar. <laughs> if you haven't been playing it, what's wrong with you? What's There's wrong not, with you? Well, we'll get on to that, Johnny, because, you know, this... We're living in a weird time here. It's 20, 23 years between OG and now. Like, that's an entire new gaming generation, that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, we'll get into that. I'll tell you what, she'll back off it with Final Fantasy VII. I think that's the wise thing to do. It's only natural. <laughs> let's get the news out of the way, and then let's just get fucking balls deep in, in Final Fantasy VII. Eh? Sounds good. Hit me with the headline, then. Right, so, first one. I say we'll save the best to the last, right? So we'll get the <laughs> shit out of the way first. So this was reported on April 8th, which was uh, pretty much probably the day after we recorded the last podcast. I think it, it, it dropped the same day that the DualSense PS5 controller was revealed. News that Google Stadia, that behemoth, Google Stadia is uh, now free for everyone. With a two-month trial of their pro tier so anyone with a gmail account can now sign up to google stadia for free you won't get any of the free games obviously they come as part and parcel with the pro package where they'll give you free games every month not on like a xbox live or playstation network service um i could not be a less interested <laughs> If I was paid to be, uh, I think Google Stadia has been one of the biggest swing and a miss in the game industry since possibly the Wii U. And even the Wii U had a couple of fucking bangers up its sleeve. Uh, Google Stadia has absolutely nothing for me. Everything that was promised in that opening reveal of what Stadia was and what it was going to do and this fancy controller that connected to your Wi-Fi for zero latency on the controller and YouTube integration and fucking all of that and delivered on absolutely none of it. 
The mm. games, the games are piss weak. I mean, what we've got, what we've got to play, like fucking Destiny Two. Uh, yeah, right now, uh, there are nine titles. Destiny Two, Steam World Dig Two, Grid, and a few more. On the pro or free account, if you want to play other games like Borderlands Three or Rise of the Tomb Raider, you'll have to buy them on the Stadium Marketplace. <laughs> Here's what I'm thinking, Johnny. I, I, I don't know how. I don't know about you, but I'm thinking Stadia went too soon on the reveal. They didn't have enough tech behind it to back it up. All the ideas hadn't been uh, fully watered, and they weren't bearing fruit, uh, and they went too early. And I think they should have held off on this, and they absolutely should have launched with the Baldur's Gate exclusive that they've got. Hundred mm-hmm. uh, percent. I mean, did they just jump on the idea of Knuck? Because it harker back to the Xbox One launch mm-hmm. on previous, and they were talking about the power of cloud gaming. Yeah, yeah. And like, in essence, it's the right thing. You know what I mean? If you mm-hmm. want, like, if 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 you if your Wi-Fi, your internet's up for it, <clears throat> mine isn't. If you've got that god tier internet. Yeah, and you're the, you know, from from a power point of view, makes sense. You know, you know, you're less, lessening the hardware that you get. Yeah. But that kind of fell flat on its face a little bit from a gaming point of view when Xbox is revealed. Yeah. So then, did state did Google just jump on this thinking, well, we'll be before. You know, people come back to it. We'll jump on it and try and think. You know, the market's changed. But I think, obviously not. To be honest, I think Google. It, from what I've read, there's obviously nothing official on sort of the Amazon game streaming side of things, right? But Amazon have been snapping up stuff. Um, been fucking. I, did I see somewhere that Amazon have started acquiring smaller studios as well? Uh, you'll have to fact check that one. I could have been making that up entirely but amazon is also getting ready to get into the game space right it is the most profitable entertainment um subsector if you like it, it it generates more cash than movies now and the future of gaming doesn't necessarily lie in streaming but streaming is going to play a, a pivotal role in the future of gaming so You've got these server banks that do all of the fucking heavy lifting and you just get the end result beamed into whatever platform you are using to play it. So obviously you will have platform limitations if you don't have a 4K monitor or if you're playing on a smartphone that's maybe a bit older. There are some limitations, but for the most part, the lion's share of the processing is done by server hubs. And then the end result just sent to you. Google and Amazon must be fairly fucking close. Well, obviously not. Google's already gone. Google's pulled the trigger and they've gone. They've gone too soon. And it's a bad product. Amazon haven't gone at all. But they've got just as much heavyweight behind them as Google have. Uh, uh, Jeff Bezos, richest man on the fucking planet. Mm. You know what I mean? The... in. To me, it just seems like they've they've gone too soon. They've gone too soon and they've forced their own hand that they've had to do something and put it out. And they've put out a substandard product. It's not even a product. They've put out a substandard service. Service, yeah. 
And wait, all the while, you've got Xbox who's came out and said what Project X Cloud is going to be, and they've had silent uh, private betas, and they've had public betas, and there's still a beta running now with a limited number of games. Let's see what we're doing. Let's see the demand it puts on our fucking cloud service. Uh, and, and we learn from these betas, and it's like Stadia have just gone, go, green light, go, we're out. And okay, I mean, the launch were like a handful of games that weren't nothing special. It, was, it wasn't like blockbusters, I mean, arguably, yes, blockbusters, but not. I mean, Borderlands 3 is probably the newest, hottest property in its game library. Do you know what I mean? It just doesn't, it, it's something about this just doesn't sit right with me. And I, the idea behind it is essentially future proof, streaming. Put another competitor into the marketplace that nobody, apart from like n- nobody, doesn't benefit from that. Competition breeds innovation. Competition yeah. breeds, yeah, just a fucking aggressive marketplace. And yes, some people will fall by the wayside, but when you've got people like Google, Microsoft, Sony, Amazon, like th- these are fucking giants. Do you know what I mean? Uh, the first one through the wall always gets bloody. So. True, true, and uh, Stadia's looking pretty fucking bloody right now. <laughs> Stadia looks like it's gone fucking several rounds with Tyson in his prime right now. Well, anyway, I think we've talked about Stadia enough, and oh, I think it's it's moving on. You know. Fuck Stadia. I'll come back to you when Baldur's Gate drops. All right, Stadia, <laughs> then, we'll talk. then we'll talk. When you've got some Baldur's Gate, then we'll talk. Next article, Johnny, did you, I mean, this is a fucking rhetorical question, did you play Fallout 76? Well, actually, <laughs> come to mention it, nah, didn't. No, no, you did not. So are you aware of Fallout 76? I no? am aware of Fallout 76. I was aware of its um, teething issues. Is that putting it there mildly? That is being very polite, sir, very polite. Now, Fallout 76, for MMO set in the Fallout universe, um, set right after fucking whatever day they call it, emerge not emergence day. That's fucking gaze of war. What's the day when they left the vault? I can't yeah. remember. It's set like literally you're the first ones to go. That's what right. Fallout 76 is. You are the first vault to open up. You're the first ones to go. So it was, for the most part, a very very empty world. Uh, heavily criticised for its lack of NPCs and quests. Uh, I'm just going to quickly sidetrack. I'm just going to put a pin in that, Johnny. Can you or can you not hear some background noise that sounds like a gig going on in the street? Is that coming through? I can't hear it, mate. That's good. That is good. I'm having some issues here. (laughs) Uh, I'm having some issues with the local who, I mean, God bless us all, pushes putting gigs on in our front garden supporting the NHS or something I, I'm not quite sure how but she's, she's just playing a gig in her front garden every night but that's by the by as long as it's not getting picked up on the recording we can move swiftly on The uh, so yeah Fallout 76 you're the first ones to go first vault to open I played it at launch uh, Reclamation Day that's what it's called Reclamation Day that's the one mate that's the one uh, didn't play it but he's a wealth of knowledge that lad <laughs> wealth of knowledge the and to be honest, I played it for 
probably the first month and then dipped out. Uh, I'd started to build a base in the middle of the forest. I was doing a bit of exploring. I was starting to get over-encumbered all the bastard time, and I just thought, I'm not really feeling this as a Fallout experience. I didn't mind it. Yeah, boxed it off, put it to one side. But it has had the literal worst launch in game history, I think. There was nothing, nothing good came out of the launch of this game. Uh, and in, I mean, to Bethesda's credit, they, they did announce that they'd be bringing a huge free expansion called the Wastelanders update. Uh, the game's had several updates since, but uh, again, I didn't dip that in. But this is the first expansion of this game that's got me thinking, actually, I might dip my toe back in now. They've added uh, NPCs, quests, new settlements, factions, adding all these things in with it. So it's going to be a fucking mammoth update. Uh, but again, a free one. And it looks like this looks like we could have another No Man's Sky in our hands. Here. I don't want to give it. I don't want to give tracking it like Sea of Thieves as well. You know, content, content. No, Sea of Thieves. Built. Sea of Thieves launched a bit bare, but Sea of Thieves didn't face the fucking the ire of the internet community for it. I, I suppose it didn't have like you following Fallout, the actual series. That's yeah. all, that's a big thing to build up to, isn't it? If you, I mean, if you boil the piss off it, right? If you look at any numbered Fallout release of the past decade, uh, stripped it down to what it offered you, what Fallout did incredibly well was a world that felt alive. It, it might have been graphically fucking hitchy, uh, laggy, little bit of texture popping and clipping and buggy, absolutely buggy. It's a Bethesda yeah. game, you know what I mean? They all yeah. are. But that doesn't, it doesn't ever seem to overly detract from the experience. And some of the key things that made Fallout were just, just, just missing. Just not not there, like NPCs, side quests, all these all these little things just totally missing. The things that make Fallout Fallout. If you were to put pen to paper and write down what you wanted from a Fallout MMO, it was missing several of the key ingredients. It was a pizza without the cheese. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, Wastelanders update launches today. I am tempted. I am tempted. Well, you see, when I got my Xbox One, there was two bundles I was I was looking at. One was the Fallout 76 one. Yeah. And the other one was a Forza one, where I got Forza Horizon and Forza, is it Forza 7? Are they both not on Game Pass? Well, they are now. Yeah. <laughs> Were they then? Oh, I believe you've done yourself out of a game there, sir. No, I, I think <laughs> I got it just before Game Pass came. Just before. Yeah. Because yeah. then you tempted me into doing getting game pass yeah so yeah so yeah i got done fair enough so the new uh, this news broke obviously that wastelanders it was coming uh we've had very little by way of any news on wastelanders since um and the marketing machine seems to have ramped up somewhat in the past couple of days uh, and now little bits of information are starting to trickle through that the, the there's areas on the map that they're gonna they're gonna have to redo the entire map because they need to now put in uh, faction camps settlements little npc outposts for the wastelanders and <laughs> essentially what they're saying is there's, there's a very real risk that if you have been 
if you have stood by Fallout 76 and you've put your hours, your hard-earned hours into this game and you've built your own little settlement, something to be proud of, there's a very real chance that they're just going to pick that up and move it. Just that yeah. We're moving this. <laughs> we'll Not even it. move it, just like it's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's gone. That's gone now, soz. Soz. Like it's not so much the smaller ones. If you've built like a small house, like in in my Fallout game, I'd built like a, just a two-story house, but it, it had everything I needed: beds, generators, fucking storage. It had all of that, and I would pack all of that up and move it all for the cost of a hundred caps. That's not a bother. It was one house. There's people have built small towns for themselves. People, I mean, there's one lad here. There's a story. I reference uh, a story on Kotaku. Uh, in which they talked to a player who was, uh, I can't find his name, I think it was from Reddit, but he'd, he'd been quoted as saying he'd, uh, he'd, he'd built a house, it took him 240 levels and 1,100 hours, uh, and there's very real risk that that's just gone. <laughs> just gone. Uh, some of the guy on Reddit had said he's built a fucking, essentially a saloon. He'd, bu- he'd, he'd built a camp and he'd turned it into a saloon so all these players could just stop by and it was a fully operating saloon. So he had like loads of beer and that stuck behind the bar. So you'd turn up and he'd be there and he would just give you beer and you'd be you'd be in a saloon. And that's very doable in Fallout 76. That was one of the good things about it. But um, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, just like, it's like <laughs> eminent domain, whatever. Just like, well, we need we need this. So we're going to negotiate with you. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to move. Okay, fair enough. We're just going to take it. Never mind. <laughs> oh, you don't want to. That is a shame. That is a shame. Okay. Uh, well, we're moving this now. So yeah. uh... see, see this fence. <laughs> see, see, see this house. This this used to be your house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting a fence here now. This your this... saloon? This this no no it's our, our saloon. <laughs> look 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 look. look. The, the toilet the... that doesn't work. <laughs> the, there's no more saloon. No more saloon. <laughs> <laughs> this will make way for a pile of rubble. I saw Fallout 76 Wastelanders. I tell you what, Johnny, if it wasn't for Final Fantasy 7, I'd be tempted to download that and get in amongst it and fade back on that. I might still. I might still. Well, but... you know, sidetracking. I mean, I started The Witcher 3 again. You did. And you know, I just had to gently press pause, put the pad down, and just like, well, you're you're not getting picked up for the considerable future. <laughs> yeah. It's that's the that's the problem. Like that's the problem if you've got if you're working on any giant open world game and then something like Final Fantasy VII happens, unless you have a lot of free time, uh, and even then, even then you can get lost. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't conflicted about it, but I did feel bad. You know, uh, I was like I was like I'm making this decision, but like it's a shame because I was just about to, like really commit. Aye, just sure about going, just about to put the ring on it, were you? Mm-hmm. Just about. <laughs> <We're>, no, <laughs> my first love has returned. <laughs> She's back. I never thought I'd see you again. And shinier. <laughs> Before we get into any more Final Fantasy VII talk, Johnny, the last story, the last choice cut I've got here, comes by way of um, Games Radar. So last week we talked ad nauseum about Resident Evil and we flirted with the idea that the, the the perfect next remake would have been called Veronica uh, and it would have been a fruitless endeavour to remake Resident Evil 4 because that in itself was essentially the start 
of something new in the Resident yep. Evil world. Uh, a couple of brief things that could have been updated. We said, uh, obviously, the visuals and the RE engine, it would have been absolutely stunning. And being able to move while you were essentially had your gun up. So no static shooting. Uh, when was this article? A day ago. Resident Evil 4 remake is coming in 2022 from a new yeah. report, uh, from a new studio. New reports say. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, I'm reading this straight from Games Radar. So I'll credit uh, Connor Sheridan from Games Radar for this article. Uh, the reports, which have emerged on VGC, Gamatsu, and through the Twitter account of frequent horror game leaker Dusk Gollum, all point to Resident Evil 4 Remake being on track to arrive sometime in 2022. They also indicate that work on the project has been led by M2 Studios since the developer opened in 2018, meaning it's already been in the works for a while. So there we go. All that speculation on Code Veronica and thinking, actually, that would be a fucking brilliant little remake to see in the in the RE engine. Nope, nope. Cash is king, it seems. Because yeah. I've just pulled up pulled up um, Nintendo Life. Yeah. Com, and they have an article on there as well. This is from um, Mr. Gavin Lane. Um, but there he he covers the same. You know, Resident Evil Code Veronica, and in fact, Resident Evil Zero might arguably be more, more worthy of a benefit mm-hmm. from a mm-hmm. remake treatment. As as we as we um clearly said, yeah. But you know, I don't know. It was coming, wasn't it? And it's only okay. rumours, I guess, so far. But you know, it's from what. Well, uh, yeah, it is. It is rumours at this point. But you've got some. Uh, I mean, you've got some pretty heavy hitters there. Like, Hi. Dust Gollum on Twitter has more hits than misses when it comes to rumours. I know that for a fact. I've seen him leak other things in the past. Uh, VGC, Gamatsu and Games Radar all getting on board seems to me like this is a done deal like this is a done deal 2022 meaning we get RE8 next year and then Resident Evil 4 Remake the year after it's interesting though that on the, the review the uh, sorry poll they've got here mm-hmm. out of 645 votes 34% is the original game holds up remarkably well. I don't need a remake yet. Yeah. Um, oh, oh. 27% would take it, but there's other entries that would take precedence. 25% are the ones they sign me up. So it's not unanimous. No. You know? No. Mixed bag. Yep. You, you you put this Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3, I think you'd find it well in the favour of, like, yes, I want it. Yeah. So yeah. we shall see if they've um, backed the right horse. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Like, I mean, uh, it's a win-win. I mean, I, I can't. Is, not, I'm not. It, I'm not mad about a Resident Evil 4 remake. I've said countless times, Resident Evil 4 is one of the greatest games I've I've ever played. Yeah, I absolutely love Resident Evil as a series, and Resident Evil 4, uh, particularly the Wii version of Resident Evil 4, absolutely superb. And seeing, like I said last week's episode, seeing that in the RE engine is fucking hell. That's something I look forward to. That and let's not. Let's not forget that if this comes out 2022, we're, we're well in Series X, PS5 territory there. How shinier is it going to look then? <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even want to fucking... 2022, we'll all be sitting there in front of 8K televisions as well. Budget 8K televisions. Like, <laughs> fucking, fucking hell. I, don't, I, I dread to think 
how pretty that's gonna look. But I the the game the new studio M2 that's the new studio led by former Platinum Game CEO Tatsuya Mini, uh, Minami. Sorry for butchering your name, Minami-san. He also assisted on development Resident Evil 3 remake. Uh, the original Resident Evil 4 director Shinji Mikami, he's working on Ghostwire Tokyo at Tango Gameworks. Have you seen the trailer? Did you see the teaser for that? I did at not. Bethesda's E3 last year. That looks fucking interesting. That like, um, and with Shinji Mikami working on it, it's it's got um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's got fucking legacy. Do you know what I mean? He's a he's a uh, yeah. he's a, a, a well-proven director at this point. Uh, so he has given his unofficial blessing to the project, apparently, and provided a few pointers. So <laughs> let's just see how that one plays out, Johnny. We look forward to it. If, it's, if it works like the other ones, it will come, come across quicker than I think. Uh, games, uh, before we know it. Yeah. Yeah. Time in itself seems to fucking vanish right in front of my eyes at the minute. So... Yeah. <laughs> Next week we'll probably be talking about it. <laughs> Next week I'll give you first impressions. Right, yeah, John, yeah. But that's but all the week, choice goods. That's all the choice goods boxed off, right? We've just talked about Resident Evil 4 being one of the greatest games of all time. Resident Evil being one of our favourite franchises of all time. The other favourite right. franchise. Hang on, I'm just other, strapping myself in. Strap in, strap in. Get the tissues. The hey. other, <laughs> here we go. The other fucking stellar best fucking I don't even know where I'm at with this now have I said series or did I say game anyway Final Fantasy 7 the remake is here we've both spent I'd say I'd probably put about 15 to 20 in at this point about 10 10 hours go for it I just want to hear your thoughts go for it Well, it's, it's it's let's say it's the game that kind of started all. Well, apart from Resident Evil, which I think started it all off from a PlayStation yeah. point of view for me, the, yeah. this was the one that was kind of just like that captured our our hearts. Yes. You know, Resident Evil might have got the attention. This mm-hmm. captured the hearts. Yeah. What a, what a what a game can be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like let let's say you know you know. There's an argument over what kind of how how true of an RPG it really is, if you're going to talk to purists. Yeah. But for like for for us, this was our first realm like dive into what an RPG on a con on a console was. Yeah. Yeah. When you open up with a title screen and you hear that gloriously re- remastered and re-recorded full orchestral score. Yeah. That was it. It's like nostalgia, like drenched in your face. Yeah. Go on, son. Like a bucket of it, just thrown straight at your chops. And obviously, we played it in the um, in the demo and got mm. that feel for it. But boy, is it new and nostalgic at the same time. Yeah. Is the is the thing about it for me is that it's got enough about it's got enough similarities about it to be nostalgic. I.e. We know Midgar, we know Cloud, we know Barrett, we know Tifa, we know Aerith, even though she was called Aerith when we played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's called Aerith now. Weird, but whatever. Uh, not my Aerith. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not my Aerith. <laughs> not my Aerith. No, but uh, we knew all these people. We knew the setting. We knew, we knew what was coming 
or we thought we knew what was coming. But this remake has done... I mean, it was rumoured before release that it was going to significantly change some of the story beats. Uh, and I have already been just blown away by, either in some cases, subtle changes to the character, or in some cases, just fucking like Jesse from Jesse Wedge and Biggs fame. Uh, she is like I'd go as far as to call her in that in the first ten hours at least. She's a key. She's a key player in the campaign. It's like, where did this come from? I'm not going to drop any spoilers. We'll keep this spoiler free, Johnny. But there is another character who has been introduced who wasn't in the first game. Uh, and I'm not going to say any more about this person. But I'm like, what? Who the fucking hell is this? What? What role do you play here? <laughs> you are in the wrong game, sir. I'm clearly playing Final Fantasy VII, and I've never seen you before in my life. <laughs> so this is this is the thing. There's like you know already playing it and like. I'm trying to go back and remember the original story beats bit by bit. And like, I'm thinking, did that happen in the original or did something Mm -hmm. else happen? And like where the twists and turns, but in terms of new stuff and new experiences, this was my biggest fear from the, from the the get go that it was just going to be a shiny remake of the same thing. The Lion King. Yeah. Shot for shot. You know, things look nice and things like that. It's just, just, heavily going for just nostalgia. Yeah. But it sounds like there's just been content and content put into it, hence the, like, 100 gig almost install. Yeah. And there's just going to... And it makes me feel happy that there's, there's going to be extra things to play and, like, fleshing out these characters that you, let's say, were, were sideline. Yeah. You, you, know, in, you, in, you know, in terms of, you know, you know, potentially what the fate of some of these characters are. Yeah, yeah. Coming up. And the fact that now that some of them are kind of, let's say, being more fleshed out as a character, I'm just like, fuck, this is going to be terrible. Like, this is going to really wrench on the heartstrings, you know, at some point. Yeah. And like, and it already, like, you know, nearly killed me the first time I played it. So that's a thing. As an experience, I've never, I've never played something that was both new and nostalgic. Yeah. And I felt both things at the same time. <laughs> fucking bizarre sensation, isn't it? But like, it's fucking hard. <laughs> to be like, honest, I have I've I've died a couple of times like and uh-huh. I, I didn't expect it in the first because uh, I'd I'd seen a lot of the reviews saying the I mean the first couple of hours is is easy going and the first time I died I thought fuck me this can't be a case of another fucking Doom Eternal I'm not just bad at this as well <laughs> but what I tell you what I found was uh, at the point I was dying early game. I thought out of the box, out of the gate, I thought I understood the new battle system. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until I started dying, then I changed up the way I was using it. It wasn't until that point where I realised I'd been using that battle system wrong the whole time. For me now, it's a constant string of, it's a chain I'm not. I'm doing a little bit of hack and slash here and there, but for the most part, I'm chaining not just attacks. I'm chaining buffs to heals to attacks to attacks to buffs to magic to this to that or the other. Just in it like a. It's like a. It's like almost like a composer. Almost you get start to get a feel for the battle, 
and a feel for where you, you, your players are on the field, and you just like composing this battle, yeah. but that- far quicker. And it, it it doesn't feel like a turn-based thing. It feels like it feels like an addition to an action combat game. It's weird. It's like I mean, no, I'd get because I haven't played anything like it. I dare say it's a bit more of an innovation. Yeah. Because like it, I've never. It's got the strategy almost of a turn-based thing, mm-hmm. but it's not turn-based. No. And like you, I, I I agree with you completely because like the first like the first bit of the game lends itself to hack and slash. Yeah. And it's almost like the game is saying, right there you go, 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 deal with that. <laughs> and you've just got to like you know it forces you to start playing strategically. Yeah. Which dare I say is being more of an RPG type of game, you know what I mean? Pretty much. Than it ever was. So it's kind of, you know, I mean, and I, I think I've had, I haven't got to a certain fight yet where I need to really fight strategically. I think I'm learning, I'm dipping my toes in with certain like enemies. Mm-hmm. Like I'm running in brick, like like a like fist, a face first into it and going, yep, I can't do it that way. Yeah. And I think I've gotten away with doing it a few times. So. There's been a couple of times where I've, uh, <clears throat> this is a double-edged sword. This one, right? Because I will say. For the most part, I have one fairly major criticism of the game. Uh, and I think for such a huge and beautiful world, it does not reward exploration at all. No, no. It, that, 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 I agree with you. There's certain things, like the backdrops is a little bit thin mm. in terms of what you actually can do around. You know what I mean? It's kind of... Like, in that, in that instance, they made it shinier, but you visit the same locations, do some same things. And for me, if you look at any any other sort of action game, right, action adventure game, and to call this an action adventure is, is clutching at straws. I get it, but if you look at any other game that offers you third person, even so, if you look at an RPG, if you look at an action adventure game, any of them, uh, if you explore, you are often rewarded. By be it collectibles, by be it consumables, by be it hidden weapons, armor, materia that you wouldn't have found otherwise. I think this game is bare, almost to the bone of. And the reason I am where I am in the game, and I'm anybody who's been listening to this podcast since fucking day one, uh, will know that all franchises guilty of what I like to call trip advising. Anytime I play a game. I don't, I don't just hit that linear path and then put it in cruise control and just steamroll through it. I like to explore and experience as much of a map uh, and of a game that I can while it's still appealing. So games like this, uh, I would make a comparison to uh, an Assassin's Creed in that world. I would make a comparison. All right, let's go maybe a little bit more linear. Let's go God of War. Let's go... Uh, uncharted these games reward exploration with with a little there's a little nugget ding that little hit of dopamine oh collectible oh consumable nice I found myself nine times out of ten exploring that map and coming up with absolutely fuck all well here's the thing though Final Fantasy for for its RPG thing was always a linear type thing yeah very linear particularly disc one shall we say midgar yeah yeah. to a certain extent 
Yeah. The okay. other thing is because of the nature you're playing, it doesn't. It's not going to let you buff up that much because you know the whole thing was. You know, you never got strong and leveled up until disc three. <laughs> dare I say? Until you, I yeah. Well, until you were at least out of Midgar. Yeah, so, so it's kind of it's lending itself to. So I'm with you on that one. You know, you get what you need to get at certain points of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's, like, it's the it's the new things in it which I'm like to that's like the whole new system of upgrading your weapons. Uh huh. Which was never there in the first place. No, not in the first game. Uh, and I think the iconic image of Cloud from Final Fantasy VII is camera behind him, him standing, looking up at the Shinra building at the centre of Midgar. And you can see the Buster Sword on his back. Iconic Final Fantasy VII image. Uh, that Buster Sword, you in the in the OG game, that Buster Sword you got rid of in probably ten minutes. Yep, you very quickly. Never saw the cunt again. <laughs> yeah. That was it. It was just gone. Your Buster Sword was gone. Uh, and, and I feel now, um, like I say, I'm fifteen to twenty hours into the game now, and I've still got that Buster Sword. I've and I've leveled the fuck out of it. I'm I'm literally I'm leveling the sword up as opposed to just swapping it out. I've had other swords. Mhm. Mhm. And I've I fuck used them. But that that's a clever thing though, because if, 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 if it got if it goes the way I hope it does and it allows you to level up Buster Sword mm-hmm. all the way, then you keep that iconic image, don't you? Yeah, you keep the iconic sword. And the the cool thing about it, like I didn't notice it for a while. It took a while that you actually see the material slots in the weapons. You do, right? And depending on the material you put in there, it shows you that material in that correct slot. By colour, so obviously you've got the different colour materials, you can see the different colours in your sword. Little things, the subtleties, we've discussed this before, yes I like the trip advising, yes I love subtleties, and just to see the material in the sword, perfect. But can I just fucking address that moment Johnny, I just want to address that moment right, and it's not going to be, I suppose it's going to be a mild spoiler for anybody who isn't in the late 20s, early 30s at this point who played through the original so anybody who's just new into Final Fantasy VII and knows nothing of it, there's a scene where you crash through the roof of a church and meet one of the characters, one of the key characters in the game, uh, and haven't played the OG version and haven't gone through that full experience and haven't gone through the wealth of emotion that comes from the relationship that you form with that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, just literally running the gamut of emotion with that one then to be dropped through the roof again in the remake 23 years later and to see it happen again that meet cute that the first meeting of the pair and I know where this fucking well, I thought I knew where this relationship was heading yeah. but just I literally hand on heart I put the pad down I put the pad down and I just stared at the fucking screen, uh, and I was probably standing a couple, probably about six foot away from this character, and they were just looking at each other with that iconic music playing in the background, <laughs> and literally goosebumps, uh-huh. goosebumps, and I just sat in that moment for like probably five minutes, just looking at the screen, listening at the music, looking at how fucking beautiful the game is now. In my head. If I remember back, that's what it looks like in my head as well. 
Well, and I know for a fact yeah. they were all like that because they were made out of squares back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Little bobbleheads. <laughs> such, such an overwhelming emotion. Part nostalgia, part something new. Just all rolled into one. Now, here's the question I've got for you, Johnny. That very relationship, knowing what we know, knowing the significant changes to the story beat uh, quite early on, there's part of that story. We'll talk about this off podcast because I don't want any spoilers. But there's part of me that's now thinking, hang on a minute, do I actually know where this is going? Probably not. the way Because I haven't got to that point in the game yet. Yeah. But for how the other stuff's gone on very early, if things start to play out and change things, I think that's the whole thing. It's thrown back some unpredictability. Aye, that's which it. Which is nice, refreshing, and clever from the guys, you know, because then it, it, it's he. This is the thing. It's not a remake. No. It's a reimagining. <laughs> it is so far. So far, I absolutely agree with you. It, this game is a, a Final Fantasy Seven. It should have been called Final Fantasy Seven Reimagined. Or it should have been called Final Fantasy VII fucking Redux or something, where it was, this is the story we wanted to tell the first time, but we couldn't, be it for the, the timescale that were churning Final Fantasy games out then, or technical limitations. This is the story we wanted to tell the first time and had to change quite dramatically to get the game out. Now, given the fact that we've broke this game down into numerous iterations, part one through part however many, uh, this is what we wanted to tell and have it be, I mean, so far, I'm not going to say totally different because I'm I'm still in Midgar, I'm still hitting them sectors, I'm still hitting the reactors, there's there's some story beats that are not going to change. Uh, the characters haven't, the characters themselves haven't changed, but the personality and traits of those characters have significantly changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, in the first game, the first time I played it, uh, Barrett, or Johnny, as I called him, because yeah. he was <laughs> back in the day. That, uh, the character of Barrett, it didn't appeal to me at all back then. I thought it was just a, like, ah, the, the quicker I can get somebody to replace him in my party, the better. I, did, I didn't touch Barrett hardly. I didn't touch him, I swear to God, I didn't touch him. <laughs> the, uh, but now, I think the, the development that's gone, the character work that's gone into him, fucking superb absolutely superb it just you know when you retell stuff it just allows you to do it in a different way now yeah. let's say this you know again non-spoilers but these these significant story beats say some of the things stay the same we don't know that but the journey to them will be different yes and yeah in its sense or so even if let's say the same outcome comes with it how mm-hmm. we get there will be different, and therefore the payoff will be different. Yeah, we'll experience the same things differently, or like, no, I don't know. It's it's hard to put. This is the thing when you blend in new and nostalgia. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because because then you just you, you play and then you just hear the, the 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 music beat behind you, and you think, and then you you do that certain bit we're talking about where this character turns up, and you think mm-hmm. this bit I'm pretty sure. Like, you know, the actual game mechanic happened very later on in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm looking forward to um, diving into it and playing the rest. I'm, I'm invested. I am hooked. 
Me too. It's uh, the Final Fantasy VII train derailed the Resident Evil 3 remake train. Uh, that's still sitting there unfinished. I will go back to it. But right now, right now I am all in. I am all in on Final Fantasy VII. Um, again, another slight criticism. I, I wouldn't call the game perfect at all. Like I said, I don't think it rewards exploration. Uh, and it also, I think, so far... I've been put in a situation where I've had—I don't think I had to. I could choose not to do them, I suppose. But there was essentially a fuck ton of side quests just dropped on me lap, and it was like, "Do you want to do these?" And it's like, ugh, like I don't—I don't really want to because the story's just starting to get going, and then you've just put a massive break in the story here. The pit you've. The the pace has dropped off a fucking cliff. Because ah. now you want me to run around and find fucking seven cats. Or fucking <laughs> go and fight a fucking toad king or something. Like, these little side quests that... Again, I don't know if they're optional or not. Because I just did them. Because it was Final Fantasy VII and I wanted to experience every... Oh yeah, me too. I did, drink I did. every last drop of it up. I'm, I'm doing them. And I'm on my second, I've just finished my second lot there now. Uh, and it's like, ah, yeah, this the, this ruined the pacing of it. Like, we're getting going. And then all of a sudden I'm like, ah, fuck. Help these people in the world. Like, ugh. You should have held the side quest. You should have either put the side quests in very early doors before the story started to pick up pace. Or kept them for when you get outside of Midgar. And you've got small little settlements that you can go to for optional side quests. In, yeah, in but we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna experience outside of Midgar in this game. I don't think. No, no, we're absolutely not. Uh, that'll come. To be honest, I don't know if we ever will. I don't know if we ever will because you have to have an element of open world there, where although I suppose you could, because Final Fantasy VII OG, once you got outside of Midgar and you were on the world map, there was only so far you could go without getting a chocobo. And then there was only so far you could go without getting the high wind and then yeah. without getting X, Y, and Z. There was only so far you could go on the map without these things. So you could play. The next part of the game could be from leaving Midgar up to the point where you get the high wind. So you only have a certain amount of map to roam around on. And then that would be an empty map. A lot of the, a lot of the world map stuff on the OG version was grinding like you just grinded you just run around on the map until it went it depends what they're going to do because there was always obviously story beats where you the different places you went to so like nibbleheim um cosmo canyon cosmo canyon what was the other the place with the cannon place with the cannon yeah what was that there junan 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 had the cannon so it depends if they're going to remove that kind of open world stuff. Yeah. Which is a dangerous thing because that was like, again, one of those new, one of the first world map kind of games you played. It was, well, it was. It was up there with the first. If you hadn't played the likes of Final Fantasy, probably, I want to say four or six was the first sort of open map I'd experienced, but nothing quite like Final Fantasy seven. So it depends if they're going to play and go, right, for the sacrifice of open worldness, but you get to flesh out these locations more. Yeah. If that's what's going to happen. I mean, this, this is the thing. It's kind of, 
it was five years, what wasn't it, from announcement to this dropping? Uh, yes, because the the stopped the stopped production on it once and took it back at the beginning and started again. So here's the thing: it all depends whether you know. Hopefully, they're doing stuff in parallel. You would hope. But then the success of this, because it's 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 been very well received. Yes. Then that would lend itself to let's get this out. When does it come out? I don't know. I don't know. And this is the thing: if you leave it too long now, you lose the nostalgia beat. Again, I I don't know. We might always come back to it, but you're leaving it far too long in between. It's Particularly true. when you've got a next you've got a next gen coming. Yeah, the the, yeah, the next gen. Like that. It's on the fucking. It's on the horizon. Because as glorious this is, as this is, my PlayStation, which is not a pro, is not working anywhere near as hard as it would be for, let's say, God of War or no. other things. So, And if I've got some gripes, there's a few textures and padding things that haven't been done great. That's because there is n- uh, everything you see in that game is a uh, bespoke created asset. They haven't reused any assets throughout the full game. That's why the file is so fucking big. The game is full of unique assets, which is also why some of the... I mean, we sit here and bang on about how stunning the game is. We're very much leaning heavily into the character models there. Like like you say, there are parts of the world that you run past and you think, oh, the texture hasn't popped in. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at it again, you're like, hang on a minute, the texture still hasn't popped in. And then you're like, hang on. Or just actually looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like just the doors bit, on the on your apartment. Yeah, a bit, bit fucking lifeless. Yeah, the so. game's so pretty. Yeah, like there's parts of this that are just like, eh? Did you phone this in, or did you, <laughs> did you forget to do the texture on this? Like, so yeah, I know what you mean. Like when we get to the next gen, it would, it would, it would be favourable if they were going to reuse some of the assets from Seven. Just to to save to, to save them a bit and, and speed it up a bit, but I mean, what do you do? I mean, after this game, are we going to get the break between fucking Final Fantasy VII to Final Fantasy VIII, which was a year, and they managed to churn out a full fucking game in that time, yeah. multiple discs, or are we going to get Gears of War One to Gears of War Two? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's my concern, that we end up waiting a long time for a next nugget of the story. Yeah. Because it, I guess the way how long it's been, it's almost been like a side project. of like, yeah. Well, I'll give you a little team and a bit of budget to do it. And it's taken that long and iterations to do it. Well, maybe that's why it feels so special. It feels special because it had the weight of expectation on its shoulders and it's carrying it effortlessly. Yeah. Maybe it's just been left to just gestate and do it done it properly. Mm. If the next thing's rushed out, will it be the same? But the game changed, isn't it? No, it goes from very you know Midgar centric, and if and in some respect that was one of the criticisms of the like, you know there was so much more to Midgar that you wanted to see. Yeah. So far, it's letting me see bits of that. <laughs> Time will tell on that one, Johnny. Time will tell. We can hope. That we're not waiting too long, because I'm absolutely enamoured with it. Yeah. <laughs> and for all the gripes I have, i.e., some of the textures are fucking threadbare, and the the, the, the fucking 
void that is the map that you're running around in. Just zero real fucking pay off for exploration. Uh, poorly timed side quests. All that being said, this is still all I think about from morning through the night. <laughs> when can I get more time? When on can this I play? Game? Exactly. Yeah. And when? When am I gonna fucking get red? Because I really want red. Who <laughs> <laughs> red was one of my favorite characters in that original game, and I know he's yeah. there using all the fucking trailers. That's no spoiler that he's there. I know he's there, but I don't. I don't think he's gonna be playable. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think he's gonna like. Uh, I has to, man. I think he, I think it because of the whole way the, the initial story went. Now could be wrong, but yeah. um, you rest, the, you do the rescue thing, whatever, and then that's when you get out of dodge. Yeah. And that's well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll soon say, Johnny, because I'm like I say, fifteen, twenty hours in this time next week. If I keep the pace. I'll be pushing on 40, so and they reckon it's a 40-hour campaign if you do everything. So cool. I'll put that theory to the test. Sure, I clocked over 100 hours on the original. Well, I clocked probably 70 on the original at the point where uh, one of my old pals was like, have you heard of a game called XCOM Enemy Unknown? And I said, no. And he went, I'll lend you it because you have to play it. So I brought XCOM Enemy Unknown home, popped it in the PlayStation. Uh, the first time I'd took the, fa- uh, the oh. Final Fantasy VII game out of the PlayStation since fucking God knows when. Put the new game in that I didn't really want to play. I wanted to play Final Fantasy VII all the fucking time. Put XCOM in. Half-arsed put it in and it came up and said, uh, you don't have enough free slots on the memory card. Some other fucking warning popped up. I pressed the button and it wiped my entire memory card to make room for one save slot for XCOM. 15 slots it took, didn't it? It wiped a full memory card to make room for one XCOM save and I lost probably probably about 50 to 60, not 70. The first time I lost about 50, 60 hours of Final Fantasy VII and I cried I sobbed my fucking (laughs) (laughs) but then I got to do it all again once the once like the horror had fucking subsided that I was so far in this game and so invested in this game uh, once once the horror subsided I was actually fucking hell I get to do all that again like I get to enjoy that all, all that again yep get to do all the wall market thing again and actually do it right <laughs> yeah yeah and I've got a lot of stuff on that second playthrough that I missed the first time I also got the guide for the second playthrough which I've still got now but it's in storage because of the old house move I might actually look for a guide for the new Final Fantasy 7 not because I need it but just because it would be nice to have the original OG guide and the new guide together on the shelf well mm. here's the thing when you can go back to the original guide and go that all this new stuff fitted in yeah. between all this yeah Alright. Crazy. Right, Johnny, we're rock- getting dangerously close to the hour there, mate. Have you got anything else you want to talk about on the Final Fantasy VII front? No, I'm going to leave it in my happy, blissful phrase. Ditch. <laughs> nice. Nice, nice. Shall we wrap it up? Go for it. Boys and girls, this has been Franchise Buys Games. That's been Nice Guy Johnny. Yes, it has. 
and I've been old franchise. Uh, you've had some gaming news there. You've had a lot of Final Fantasy VII talk. If you've enjoyed what's happened day to day, jump on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us one of them glowing five-star reviews. As previously stated, any and all future five-star reviews will be attributed directly to producer Nice Guy Johnny for the changes he's made to this show and the leash that he continually <laughs> tightens around my neck pipes. The, uh, Heinz we shall have some order, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you have jumped on board that Final Fantasy VII train, we want to know what you think, so get in touch on the socials of your choice. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. He doesn't believe in it. Thinks it's all for fairy tales and pedophiles, so he stays <laughs> off for the most part. So if you want to get in touch with the show, search for The Franchise, P-H-R-A-N-C-H-I-Z-E, on the social network of your choosing. Get in touch. Tell us what you think of Final Fantasy VII. Did you play it the first time? Are you new to the series? Are you enjoying it? Do you feel like you enjoyed it that much? Maybe you'd go back and buy the remastered version of the original Final Fantasy VII and just go through and play through that bad boy as well and see what all the fuss was about back then. 23 years in the making this 23 years so boys and girls be nice wash your hands play some games and we will talk to you i'd say next week but if some fucking hot news drops then god damn we'll come back quicker you know what i mean so until next time laters say bye johnny hope you does it Okay, Panthers.